Welcome to The Money GPS. You came here for the truth, so let me unveil that for you. I've got a very interesting one to get into today. First, we're going to look at the Federal Reserve and what this really means for the markets and the economy as a whole. The second thing I want to look at is recession or not. The indicators are pointing one way. I will show you that. And the third thing is let's not forget a few points that I want to keep you up to date on. If you stay until the end of the video, you're going to learn what you should be doing right now and paying attention to. Let's get into that and more. Here we are showing us Fed officials lay out the case for further rate rises. You know what's been happening over the last little while. It has been very clear. The market has seen massive turbulence. You see that in particular with oil. You're looking at the ticker US oil right here, peaking out at 130, falls down to under 100. Now it's at, at the time of this recording, it's over 110 dollars a barrel. It's all over the place. You look at the broad indexes, and they had been, you know, way off of their highs. And in this past week, they've been performing very well. But you know something is very clear. The Federal Reserve and other central banks around the world are moving into a tightening cycle. This is not just from the Fed funds rate and the equivalent, the central bank rates. This comes in many different forms. And if you look at most central banks around the world, China being the outlier, they're going towards tightening. Or they're at least hinting towards that. And we'll talk about China more in a second here. But we watch as all of these different indicators pile up and they start to make sense because there is this cycle that goes through time. And if we pay attention to it, it's going to tell us a lot about what's going to happen. Loretta Mester said inflation is the number one challenge for the U.S. economy. James Bullard reiterated his view that the central bank needs to move aggressively in raising rates. You look across here, no matter which central banker, which person, uh, you know, from what company, they're all basically saying inflation is too high. The Federal Reserve is going to act. They have already increased rates one time in this cycle and look like we could hit some, you know, heavier rate increases coming. Fed officials back Powell over hikes with half a point on the table. Dove Daily says the Fed should be marching rates up to neutral. So it doesn't matter what side of this they are on. At the Federal Reserve, they're saying we got to get these rates back up higher. Nobody is suggesting they got to, you know, got to go to the Volcker days. But certainly what they are saying, like this is them, 2.5% is their goal. I don't think they'll be able to get there, but that's a whole different story. A lot of people I noticed in the comments are pointing to the fact that, hey, inflation is on the official number 7.9%. Many ways of calculating it show it's 15%, depending on what you buy. Maybe it's lower, maybe it's higher. Anyway, it is significantly uh, above where they say it had been You know, a couple years ago. I think it's always been much higher anyway. Um, and if they increase rates by 50 basis points, if they get this up to 2% even, this is not going to actually stop the inflation. However, I would just like to interject the fact that you're right in a sense, but as soon as we see rates moving up to what I have thought maybe 0.75 or 1.0, that starts to become tight in the financial conditions. And this is going to, you know, 
take time for us to see and we will we will watch as it happens but i do think that in short order within this year they could start to really get tight and i want to see what happens and that won't take much understand it it's not going to take much so as soon as we have rate increases that go to a certain level where the federal reserve still looking to go higher the economy could start to feel the effects that creates demand destruction people say hey you know what i'm not gonna buy that thing or that house or that car and then it starts to slow things down so we will see if in fact that is the case you look at an extreme example right here argentina raises key rates to 44.5 percent you gotta understand i mean if your interest rate is at 44%, it's long gone. You're not going to rescue that with 44.5%. I mean, that would be nice in a savings account to be getting somewhere near that. But at this point, the currency is being devalued at such a rapid pace. It's not like you can say, well, I'll just keep my money in the bank and then I'll be able to you know, reap the rewards of that. The currency, who knows what it's going to be worth on the other side of this. I've been talking about Argentina for a long time. When I was covering it, as I've noted before, there were a few people in Argentina, maybe let's say like two individuals that were commenting, say, hey, I, you know, I really love your stuff, but I'm not seeing any inflation here in Argentina. That's not the case. Everything's just going to be fine. But you got to understand once inflation gets high, it doesn't stop. Okay. The only way it does is demand destruction, which could be a recession, it could be a depression. So we need to look for that, and we'll talk more about that in a second here. Los Angeles becomes the first in the U.S. to reach $6 gas average. Unbelievable to say the least, but it's not just gasoline, it's diesel, it's, you know, in Europe, I'll, I'll talk more about that, diesel, in Europe, you're looking at natural gas, you look like, pick something, it's up like crazy. It's up like crazy. Global markets face a squeeze on diesel because of sanctions on Russia, with Europe most at risk of a systemic shortage that could lead to fuel rationing. The heads of the three largest commodity traders estimate that as much as 3 million barrels of oil and its products a day could be lost from Russia as a result of the sanctions. Like I've said before, if they want to say, Russia, we don't like what we're doing what you're doing here. We're gonna cut you off. That has a blowback effect, a big one. Russia's economy isn't that big, but the amount of commodities that they're exporting really is big. You gotta look at it like this and understand who they're exporting to and realize these economies are heavily reliant on doing trade with Russia. So always keep that in mind, not just with Russia, but in any country. Everything just happens. If you, you know, you are the individual, you're going to your job, you got your family, all this stuff, you're not necessarily thinking of where your you know, wheat comes from. Like most people don't think of that stuff. But when you start looking into it and you realize, wait a second, if they sanction that country, I'm going to be paying a lot more for this and that and this and that. So it does have blowback effects. That's all I'm trying to say. Europe imports about half of its diesel from Russia and about half of its diesel from the Middle East. That systemic shortfall of diesel is there. 
So we need to understand that this is going to have an impact. This is the time in which I say, give me a thumbs up if you support the channel, if you like this info. I wanna show you something, and don't forget also, at the end of this video, I'm gonna tell you something real interesting, okay? So stick with me. Look at what's been happening. You understand that we have been in a bull market since 2009. This has been very clear. And other than in early 2020, there was a suggestion, you know, that at that time, big recession and so on. Um, of course, you know, I'm talking about official, you, you and I know what, what's really going on. But anyway, recession, as Carl Icahn says, very well could be one or even worse. And that comes in many different ways. But one of the main indicators here is the yield curve inversion, which I talk about over and over and over again. We now have multiple examples of yield curve inversions taking place today. I've covered this many times before. If you need that explanation, let me know, and I'll just keep repeating it over and over again. Wide dispersion between asset price inflation and real economy inflation. This is total return performance in local currency, that is US dollars. Oh, sorry, actually, in, in local currency, not US dollars, since January 2009. So it breaks it down, you know, looking all around the place, NASDAQ, top the list, SP, down below. You go all the way down to the right hand side, commodities. Commodities, okay? And you see that over this period. Now, something has really changed with commodities in the last, you know, year or two. But just looking at it like this, you got to, you know, make sure you understand that perspective of where this is all coming from. I wanted to show you the markets for a second here. This comes from real investment advice to make a good point, given the drawdown size. And if we follow the 2008 analog, the technical price deviation from the 50 and the 200 day moving average suggests that a reflexive rally is likely. Now, he's not saying he's bullish or bearish or any of that. He's just saying, according to this, SPX drawdown from an all-time high came down 11.5%. And the suggestion here is that the market will bounce. And actually, at this point, it in fact has done so. Is that sustainable? We will see. You asked for updates on Evergrande and what's going on in China. I'll talk more about that in a second. But look at Evergrande specifically setting end July target for restructuring proposal after delaying their results. Oh, their audits have been delayed. Yes, that's right. I thought this was interesting. Uh, this is one company that just, it's destined for failure, but we'll see what the word failure ultimately means. This right here, you could see an aerial view shows 39 buildings developed by Evergrande that authorities have issued demolition order on, on the man-made Ocean Flower Island. Man-made island, empty buildings, they're gonna just demolish them. That's it. I mean, this is just, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, they're going through and they're going to restructure their debt and everything is going to be a-okay, right? We'll see. They've still got a situation happening today. And, uh, you know, obviously China's not going to let that information out. We will see what happens as time goes on. 
Now you stayed until the end. This was a video that I did. You could see the date in the bottom left corner, January 10th, 2020. This is actually basically the same video that I had done a year or two before that. After, by the way, mentioning it over and over and over and over again. So that, that other video is, if you type into uh, the search, uh, in, into the search on this platform, you type in the money GPS 60 seconds, you're going to get that video. This one is 40 seconds, even shorter. But look how many views it has. This has been up for two years, over two years, 8,000. Okay. It says, learn how to make money in the stock market in 40 seconds. What did I say in here? As you can see in the image, global central bank liquidity and global stocks. I, I see these comments. They come very frequently every day, um, basically saying in one way or shape or form that I'm a piece of garbage and that listening to me will leave you, leave you poor making the wrong decisions, shorting the stock market because of me uh, all the while, but, but from 2009, not buying real estate, not like whatever. I have made it very clear over and over again that what the central bank does is the primary indicator of what will happen to assets, risk assets in particular. I've made that very clear. I've said it Please, my friends out there, put it in the comments below that I have talked about the correlation between the stock market and the central bank balance sheets. And of course, interest rates as well, which are directly correlated to the balance sheets. Please, if you could do me a favor, just say, yes, you have said that many times before. Something to that effect, please put it in the comments, okay? And basically, and that's what I said in this video, and that's what I said in the 60 second video. Watch the balance sheet, watch what's happening with interest rates, and this will be your indicator of what's going to happen in the markets. What happened in January 2020? Okay, it's going up like this. Markets crashed down. They pumped up their balance sheets like never before. And what did the markets do? They went up in response like crazy. Think about that for a second. They are completely and entirely correlated. If you want to know what's going to happen in the markets in the coming months, in the coming years, watch the balance sheet, watch the interest rate. Does that mean they're going to crash tomorrow and that for every dollar added to the balance sheet, it, you know, has an exact, you know, number correlation to the, to the Martin? No. But do they move very closely together? Yeah, absolutely. The interest rates are rising and potentially we could see the balance sheet runoff taking place. So we need to understand that as investors, if you have a 401k even, if your company, you know, understand the company that you work for, if suddenly their stock starts to go down, they could lay you off, even if you don't have any money in the markets at all. If it's correlated to the central bank assets, as I have shown over and over again, then I think people should be aware of that and take action accordingly. That's all I'm saying. 
I think you got to be wise about where you're putting your money, how over leveraged you are, and just pay attention. That's my message for today. I hope you appreciate it. Hit that thumbs up button to support the channel. If you're not subscribed already, you've got to do so. It's right down below. Hit that button. I'll see you on the next one. Take care.